What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Hope you had a great week. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I am your host, Jeremiah Fox. For this first portion of the show, we're going to zoom out to Seattle, Washington. Today, I've got the pleasure of a couple internationally renowned jazz artists, uh, both of which I've been following for some time. Really amazing uh, musicians. And uh, the two of them at the beginning of the year put out a duet album together and right as they were getting to do their release parties and celebrate all the hoopla, boom, like a fly in a fly trap. COVID hit, shut down venues, and it's been a very interesting time for musicians. So we're going to talk today about this awesome album, which they didn't get to do the release party for. So hopefully in some way, this is a bit of a release for them, uh, however small it may be. Um, And then just talk about the music industry in general. But before we bring on our first guest, I want to deliver to you the message of the week. This comes from one of my former drum students. He was just a wee little lad when I started teaching him, but now he's a grown man and he's got a successful music business out of Buffalo, New York. And he just posted this on Facebook the other, the other day, literally just like hit me. And, uh, and the show was on the books already. So I felt it very appropriate to, to keep it all in the circle and pass it on. This is a quote from Aldous Huxley, who I was turned onto as a teenager, started reading some of his books, like The Doors of Perception. And he said, after silence, that which comes nearest to expressing the inexpressible is music. So we're going to try to express ourselves today. Everybody got a lot to say these days for sure. So zoom in to Seattle, Washington. Welcome to the show, Ted Poor. How are you doing today, Ted? I'm doing great, Jeremiah. Thanks for having me. Good to see my you. pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, just to give everybody a little bit of a background, you are a graduate of Eastman School of Music, correct? That's right. Yeah. I grew up in the Rochester, New York area, went to school at Eastman and uh, moved to New York City right after I graduated in 2003. And um, and you're now in Seattle where you teach at what school? <laughs> I, read, I read it and I forgot. I don't want to miss oh, it. Oh, I remember uh, the University of <laughs> University of Washington. Uh, I'm starting, I think, my eighth year here. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's flying by. We moved out here in 2013 um, to start that job where I was joining my good friend uh, Kung Vu, who is a Seattle native. Um, mm-hmm. And I met Kung in New York and was playing in his band. And he moved back to Seattle and ended up joining the program at the UW here and, and uh and lured me out and it's been it's been a great move yeah you've enjoyed that move yeah yeah it's um you know we were just having our our second kid and we were in a one-bedroom apartment in queens and we thought well let's let's just try something else we can always move back and of course we miss miss new york dearly but we get back uh very frequently for my work or to visit family uh during normal non-pandemic times um yes so we, we, we make sure to get our New York fi- fixed as often as possible. Awesome. Do you still have family um, in the Rochester area? No, actually, I, I, until recently I did. But um, my, my parents uh, moved out to Seattle a few months ago, actually just what? before the pandemic. So we're around the turn of the around the, around the new year. Gotcha. Um, and uh, it's been great to have them out here. But so, yeah, that's uh, the last of the Rochester roots. We're all out wow. of there. <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned to you uh, when we spoke last week or a couple of weeks ago, my wife grew up there and she also was a graduate of the University of Rochester. She went yeah. to, she studied math at the River Campus yeah. and she still has uh, <clears throat> two sisters that live there. So we constantly go back and 
and romp around and like yeah java, java's is still there oh man know. java's that's the coffee shop right on gibbs street just down the street from the eastman school of music yeah that you know that we i played there sometimes two three four times a week that was that yeah. was the thing in some ways that was the outside of school that was the real education this school, <laughs> you know? yeah. it's, it's I, playing Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, I think the first time I saw you play was back then in the alleyway between the school and uh, you, you guys were outside and like oh, in the wow. front of the little breezeway between the coffee shop and the school. And we were just like, we used to go there all the time. I only lived in Rochester for about a year yeah. before I moved to Buffalo. I was just there like transiently. But um, yeah, we had just like ventured down there one evening and it was a nice night out and yeah. uh, i think that was the first time i saw you play i think the second time was seeing jersey band <laughs> i was just like what <laughs> which was amazing still one of my favorite uh favorite all-time bands like top top five it's like oh, like mr bungle zappa jersey band you guys are like right up there is anything happening with those guys anymore i haven't i haven't seen anything in a while it's been no a no, unfortunately not. You know, we're all a little spread out. You guys out are all asunder, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that music is is so demanding and complicated. It was, it really, you know, we had to be be together <laughs> to do it. <laughs> um, there's talk, you know, every year or so, there's talk of of trying to get something together or record remotely. So, yeah, some at some point we'll we'll have a reunion because it's it's such a special group of musicians. Gosh, it is, it is amazing, and the music is fantastic. And kind of watching it grow. So I'm I'm good friends with Mike Williams and Tim Allen and PJ yeah. Lynn from thought. And I remember Mike telling me about you, like this group of jazz musicians. Yeah. And I was like, cool. And you guys were playing in Buffalo. And he was like, they're, they're, they're playing at, uh, I think it was Pearl street brewery. And he was like, you should come out. And so I grabbed, gathered a few friends of mine and I was like, Oh, these jazz guys are playing downtown tonight. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> To our surprise. Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. And all my friends were like, yeah, we're going to go play pool. And I was just like, mesmerized. <laughs> just like, I'm not leaving this spot. So kudos to you guys. That was really like, that uh, was like a, a growing experience for me. I came yeah. a man that day. <laughs> <laughs> Show me all the work I had to do. Oh, man. <laughs> really great stuff. Um, and your position at the University of Washington is like a drum instructor. You is that your main your main position there? Well, I, uh, it's a full time position. I'm an assistant professor uh, in the jazz studies program there. So, um, yeah, I teach I teach all the drummers, but I also teach one on one lessons with other instrumentalists, okay. working on on in improvising and writing and theory and um, musicality in general. Uh, then I, I coach an ensemble, a small small group ensemble. And uh, in the fall, every quarter, I um, every fall quarter, excuse me, I teach a, a course I developed called Theory of Rhythm, Theory and Application of Rhythm. And it's just a, a course that's opens up to all music students, not just drummers or jazz musicians, yeah. um, geared towards, you know, cultivating a, a really grounded pulse and then learning to express, you know, more and more intricate and nuanced rhythms within that pulse and against that pulse and taking responsibility for all elements of, uh, of the, the rhythms that we yeah. use it, you know? Yeah. You need it. You need it yeah. for sure. Um, and in addition to the, to the, 
uh, teaching position, you had quite an active uh, performing and recording career as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's been um, up until the last few months. Uh, thankfully, <laughs> we'll, just really we'll, we'll busy. get to that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's we'll get there. <laughs> the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the last several years. Uh, I feel really fortunate to have have so many irons in the fire. Um, kind of, you know, for, for several years now, played for Andrew Bird's great singer songwriter out of Los Angeles. Um, and that's just been a phenomenal band. Um, and we've, you know, traveled the world and made a couple of records together. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm really grateful for that opportunity. You know, playing for a great singer has put me in touch with some really important things um, musically that I bring back to the jazz world, um, just to, about feel and, and um, attention to detail in the simple things, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, then we, I, we just released a record earlier this year, um, signed with, with Verve Label Group, and the first record came out on Impulse uh, back in February. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Andrew uh, was nice enough to give me a copy and a copy of his. Oh, like, that's oh, good. We got it. I haven't opened them yet, so I was like, "These are these are backdrops today." Little product okay. plug. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm so proud of of that music that we made, and uh, we're getting ready to, to to you know take it around the country and the world, hopefully. And that's on hold at the moment, but we'll get yeah. there. You you just said something interesting about having. Uh, you know, multiple irons in the fire. And, and that was something, you know, I studied music as well and, and was a freelancer for a while. And I, I'd worked for this guy. So I own a restaurant in Brooklyn, which I'm sitting in right now. And I'm involved in a number of other things in the show centering around entrepreneurship, but also just like all the other fun things I've, I've done and, and still were involved in. I was, I was chasing like the music dream. My, maybe I was in my undergrad or just starting my master's and this guy I'd worked for for like eight years as a kid who's now like franchise restaurant owner and just like business personality. He, you know, I was all over the place and he was a very focused kind of person. And he was just like, okay, do whatever you want to do, but just keep this in mind. It's better to own 20% of five things than 100% of one. Oh. And that one stuck with me. He said a lot of really profound things to me, most of which I ignored. <laughs> and now I'm like playing them back and I'm like, oh, I should have listened to that sooner. But that one kind of stuck with me. And, and as I was, um, you know, I was teaching as well, um, which, which is a great source of income. Anybody that, that you know, is a performer knows <laughs> like that's, this, that's a more steady source of income than sometimes gigging. Um, but all these other little things were pulling at my ear and like the restaurant thing just kind of happened. I mean, I grew up in it, but I was always trying to run away from it. And at a certain uh -huh. point, it was just like, this just makes sense, you know, to do at this point in my life. And, and you seem like somebody who's been successful doing that within uh, the music industry itself. Yeah. You feel that way? Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, um, I, I think it certainly helps, you know, my instrument, the drums that is, um, plays a, a key role in so many different types Everything. of music. <laughs> uh, so, so I got that going for me, but, um, yeah, I, I've always been interested, like genuinely interested in, in different types of, of drumming. And it, I, I think of it as, you know, different languages and you have to learn different vocabularies and you, there's different sets of priorities in different situations and, um, and every situation is different. So that's, that I, as an idea has always interested me. Um, and, and I like the challenge of, of finding myself in different situations and having to figure out what specifically my job is in this room with these people, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then figure out how to do a great job 
to my liking, you know, to stay true to my values as a musician and what I think is important and righteous and what's not, you know, yeah. and, and, and try to, to, to just do it in an honest and, and, and personal way. And because uh, I believe ultimately that's what people want to hear. That's why somebody picks up the phone, and calls you and not somebody else. It's not right. because you're, that's because you're better necessarily. It's just mm-hmm. you have done the work, hopefully, to express yourself openly and honestly. And that's that's in that's unique for to all of us. You know? Yeah. And just totally tying into that Aldous Huxley quote, which Ted didn't know about earlier. <laughs> I didn't yeah. that. So that was, that was a great segue, man. Oh, man. So, you know, like drummers, I think in particular, are well equipped for that kind of like schizophrenia because <laughs> First of all, you have to learn a million different styles, you know, and be able to change them on a dime. But then all four limbs are also going in a different direction. So like well equipped for for the good business acumen as well. <laughs> um, so you have teaching, there was performance uh, live, but also recording. Are there any other aspects of the music industry that over the years you've kind of folded in that have just been like, even not even a, a massive source of income, but just something that contributed that uh, just, you know, from, more from like a business perspective that have helped you out along the way. Um, well, uh, um, just this, this sort of current, you know, and, and it is a result to some extent of, of our current situation here. But mm-hmm. um, but writing and, and doing some home recording um, with an. In, you know, an idea of, of trying to get some some placements in film and TV or commercials yeah. or, or writing song starts or beats or what have you vibes that producers and artists might write to or take and run with, you know, and contribute to other people's records that way. Um, you know, I think like a lot of people, I've I've tried to up my home recording situation a little bit yeah. just just to get something respectable <laughs> happening. And it doesn't take all that much, you know. And um, it's been really fun to sort of cut my teeth on that. And, um, you know, I have a lot of close friends in Los Angeles and they've been, you know, scratching away, working on projects and records despite the situation. And so I've gotten mm-hmm. some work that way of, you know, some sending up tracks and and I record some drums. And, and I, that's, I really like that challenge because you're, you're alone in the room. You're the producer and the performer. There's nobody yeah. giving feedback. Hey, that's a good idea. Or don't do that. You know, you got to. <laughs> come to your conviction on, you. on your own yeah 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 like great so kind of venturing into production a little bit yeah it yeah. like yeah yeah and part, oh, sorry, go, go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say that um i i signed a, a publishing administration deal with big deal music and they have a really active uh sync and placement department so it's it's been a nice i have an outlet where i can send i you know have a dropbox folder i i send um tracks and beats and starts and just ideas even fragments and i know that mm-hmm. they they get distributed to a lot of people and maybe something sticks, somebody will hear something they like. And uh, so that's, that's just been a nice uh, thing to have as a, a potential uh, home for some of these ideas. Awesome. Very cool. Well, we're going to take a quick break. All right. So hang tight. The rest of you hang tight. We'll be back in about 60 seconds. You're listening to the entrepreneurial web. Right on. You're listening to talk radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history. 
its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Listeners, looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back, folks. If you are just tuning in, this is The Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Today, this first portion of the show, we are speaking to Ted Poor. He's a very well-known jazz drummer and a professor at the University of Washington. He's in Seattle today. We are zooming out. We are talking to him about an album he released, along with my friend and neighbor, Andrew D'Angelo, called You Already Know. At the beginning of the year, they had some release shows planned and then and then of course all communication with the human race ended <laughs> and uh it's been an interesting ride since then um i was following along ted when you all were posting especially yours uh your release shows in seattle you guys had a yeah. big kind of thing planned lighting and and everything and then the last minute you're like yeah this is not a good idea guys we're gonna have to pull <laughs> yeah. the plug on this Seattle was kind of a, it was a hot spot even before New York, correct? Yeah, I think it was. We were, you know, when you think back, it's it was, nobody knew really exactly. I mean, I guess some experts could see it, the writing on the wall, yeah. but it was a very confusing time. And yeah, I, um, with my friend Kung Vu, we had worked up a batch of new music and some music from the record. And and a good friend, Abigail Portner, who's an amazing uh, visual artist, was doing, you know, making custom live projection art to, you know, we were going to have that for the show. And, um, and the day before the show, I think it was just yeah. enough of uncertainty in the air that it, I just felt like, man, I can't ask all these people to come gather in a space. It just didn't feel right. Um, we did manage to have a, we had a day booked on a soundstage, like a, a video soundstage. And so we were able to set up and do a lot of filming of the, of the projections with solo drums and Kung came for some gotcha. of that. So I, I did, I was able to, to really make some sort of studio pieces out of it that we'll, we'll use, um, in the coming months here. Um, but yeah, the show, the show had to go on hold. Yeah. And so here, others. yeah. And here, Andrew, we talked to me about my, uh, my business partner owns, uh, the local wine store, which is kind of 
it was like the bar before there was a bar around here, yeah. you know, it was just like really popping and a lot of, a lot of traffic. And we've had live music there probably like 10 times a year. Yeah. Over the, I know that. The I love that shop. I love that shop. Oh, you know it. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, tons of, tons of people have played there over the years. And you know, when it's nice out, we set up on the sidewalk. So we had talked about like, once the weather gets nice, we'll do something outside. And, yeah. and you know, a lot of people around here know him. And this is like home to so many, you know, performing artists, this yeah. neighborhood, like a bunch of high level guys. And yeah, with like great plan. And then like, we can't even do tastings now, and there, which is sad. Cause that was like <laughs> almost daily, you know? Right. And, uh, and, and the, the, this whole thing really put the kibosh on all of it. Um, the, the album was, was released in 2020. Is that correct? Yeah. February 28th. It came out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. And, and as you guys were getting close to that, was, was this idea, like the, the, I, you know, the idea of a pandemic, even on your mind, was it, no. Was it anything even of concern at the time? Because I it, I know here in New York, it just like I would I would see it as like a hashtag on Twitter, and I was yeah. like, yeah, that's that doesn't apply to us, you know. And then it felt like just all of a sudden, you know, like the cartoon where the the big rockets dropped on the rabbit, you know, and it's like you just like smack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think at first we all wanted to kind of ignore it or or just not make much of it. And then the cloud just kept getting darker over you and you had, you couldn't, you couldn't look away, especially for those of us that were organizing events, you know, you start to think about everyone's safety, including your own, of course. And it's it's like, no, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Similar situation in restaurants. I remember there was like this little cluster in Westchester they kept talking about, and it was maybe it was the first week of March. And they were talking about how they had to close all the dining rooms or all the restaurants in Westchester. Brutal. And I was like, please don't do that here. <laughs> like, please don't do that here. And then a week later, it just, I, I, I'm kind of grateful that we got that little warning because even though I was in denial in the back of my head, I was like, prepare, prepare, prepare. Yeah. And somehow we pulled it off. We were delivery only for three months. Amazing. And then it's been outdoor seating only since then until just two nights ago. And then they were like, okay, you can have 25% in your restaurants. Yeah. And of course, nobody wants to sit inside. So it yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> what's uh what's the scene like in, in seattle like in terms of businesses and 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 openings is it very similar or have things opened up a little a little more there um you know it sounds similar to what you're describing i think mm-hmm. we're, we're on similar t- I, I i don't keep really close tabs on it to be honest because you should just haven't left i remember you were texting me and you were like there's smoke my kids are there's oh. smoke outside the kids are are learning remote like we can't go outside it's just like crazy and i was just like oh man yeah this day the week of smoke was that was a that was a very unwelcome layer to the whole thing yeah <laughs> but that that is since cleared that is clear we have a little yeah. bit back now but it's not nearly as bad so um yeah i don't know definitely making for resilient times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you it it makes you feel like everything's relative. You know, you ask people, "Hey, how you doing?" and or someone asks you that, and it's like, "Well, how do I answer that?" In the grand scheme of things, I'm doing amazing, you know, like we have money to buy food. How lucky are we? It's like you, right. it gets pretty primal very quickly and you have yeah. to but it makes you appreciate what what you have. Big time. And and I have this gut feeling that it's going to create um, a, a bit of a renaissance in terms of the arts. Um, first of all, I think a lot of people who were just kind of 
uh, half ass in it are going to, you know, this is the time you, if you, unless you absolutely love what you're doing and are totally dedicated, you're not going to put the effort in because of that, that primal fear, you yeah. know, um, that it's going to get rid of a lot of, a lot of jokers, but also the people that are, that are legit. And like you were talking about earlier, being honest and sincere, got a lot to say. I mean, you've had a little bit to say over the last couple of days. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I saw a couple. I didn't know you could rap. <laughs> was that actually like I was, I was trying to listen in the restaurant last night. I was like, is he rapping? Is that was that that was you? That's that's that was like, yeah, my uh, friend Dan Weiss, who's an amazing drummer. He posted this uh, this video called the vote him out groove challenge. Sort of he's just provoked. Everybody. Hey, you know, like, yeah, you know, some kind of mantra or rap about about voting and voting him out and then play a drum groove along with it. And that was so fun. So I've got, a, I've got all kinds of ideas. I'll just try, <laughs> yes, try to keep spinning them out. Like <laughs> but, but to that, you know, to that effect, like I really think all these things are really putting, putting people's, uh, their, their real emotions up front. People are having to face it and then figuring yeah. out ways, you know, outlets uh, to make it happen. Um, talk to a number of other musicians around here about that. And, and, they seem to be in agreement that some good things will probably come out of this. I, I've got a young bartender that works for me and he grew up in New York, Puerto Rican kid. And, um, but he's, I don't know, he's not even 30 yet. And so he kind of wasn't around in the seventies and eighties and doesn't remember kind of what the scene was like then. And at the beginning of this, he's just like walking around, like what the hell is going on? And I'm like, yeah. you know, it's, we, we've been through things similar to this before. And I mentioned the 70s and 80s. And he was like, what good could come out of that? And I was like, well, we got hip hop. And he was like, damn. <laughs> Just like, you know, like it's not it's not like silver lining, but it, this pressure makes diamonds for sure. You know, and, and I feel like there's going to be some great things that come out of this. And I've seen just across the board, like the musicians that I follow on social media, people kicking out like tons of digital work and and you were saying uh, recording from home you remember how hard it was to record like mm -hmm. 15 years ago remotely if you weren't like in a studio like to get good clean like digital recording it was just like nearly impossible and now what does it cost you a few hundred bucks like the zoom i don't know if you mess with the zoom products at all but like the h the h6 that's like fantastic you mm -hmm. know you get some really clean stuff and they have this new one that's like looks like a spider that oh, wow. apparently is like have you seen this it's like an eight no. track record eight track handheld and it looks like a spider. It's crazy. Um, and you can you can mix in everything right in there. But the quality is like fantastic. Um, okay. So just keep seeing more and more things like that and, and just pushing the creative envelope. And I think, uh, I don't know, I think it's going to make some good stuff happen. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think we all have to respond. And, you know, I think we're all dying also to have artistic conversations in our medium, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. And so as things, you know, open up, I think there's going to be a lot of really, you know, fertile conversations happening in the arts, yeah. you know, figuratively. And um, because because we're all craving that. that, that's that's the one thing that's hard when you're at home and you have, you know, I have my drums, I have my mics, keyboard, piano, whatever. But I, I, I can only have a conversation with myself and that gets old. It's, you know, <laughs> it's easy to start ideas. It's hard to sustain them and feel them, yeah. finish them because there's no no context it's like hard to find a reason why to finish something so yeah um yeah but like you said earlier even sending out these little chunks to people like these yeah. could be the seeds for something once you do get the opportunity to sit down with somebody to yeah to really turn into something you pass it on a little bit and all of a sudden it's like you know, something something big comes out of it something nice yeah. um what was i gonna say uh, the other thing i i kind of i'm starting to see happen is um in certain cases not in all <laughs> for sure but um 
artists and like venue owners and operators kind of and platform owners and operators kind of coming together sure there's some venue owners that are still like no we're doing things the old school way like fuck you pay me like that kind of vibe but but i've seen some other like relationships blossoming that that could kind of you know escort things to a, a better place uh as the dust kind of settles from this and that's reassuring too because that was always a it's, it could be a source of contention you know especially yeah. in new york it's tough it's a tough tough room sometimes yeah um yeah. so um hopefully those those kind of relationships will will grow and develop the same way yeah uh, i agree i hope so too and i it does with the lack of travel you know it's um it, it, it kind of brings the music back to a local scene you know and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't playing in Seattle hardly at all these last several years as my work took me around the country, around the world. And really? so that will that will come back slower than the local things, you know, and like yeah. you're saying, so to have a relationship with a venue and a promoter um, and get back to music being for that physical community, I think yeah. is the good thing. You know? For sure, man. My friend's uh, my friend's husband is I'm he's a really well-known bass player and you know he's got bill frizzell playing in his front yard these days just like a couple blocks away you know it's like really really come down to the street level which is super awesome it's great to see we have just a couple more minutes before we wrap up this segment and and bring andrew on um just tell everybody uh where they can get in touch with you if they wanted to learn more about your album or purchase it or anything else uh give give people some uh some some contact Oh, sure. Well, my website is just tedpoor.com and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, same name there. And uh, the label is Impulse Records. Um, you can head over there for more information about the record. And um, yeah, it's on all the streaming platforms and it's it's out there. Awesome. So, iTunes and all that good stuff. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And have you noticed, uh, I mean, probably more digital sales than uh, than physical sales since it came out? Uh, I, I don't know, actually. Oh, I, you're not I, looking? I'm like, just like, look. Why would I look? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Some truth and honesty to that, for uh, sure. No, but I mean, hey, to, to have to have the, the vinyl or the CD and hold it in your hand is, is, a, is a great feeling. And I know yes. a lot of people still look for that over the digital or at least to supplement the digital experience. So yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Really pleasure. My it's pleasure. All mine. All right. Wish you the thank best. Thank you, Jeremiah. You got Likewise. it. We'll catch up. We'll catch up in the future. All right. Okay. Sounds good, man. All right. Thanks. All later. right, everybody. We'll be back. We're going to zoom it back to Brooklyn. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. you a conscious co-creator are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. curious person always asking questions do you desire to be in the know then join me antonia host of so now you know thursdays at 5 p.m at talkradio.nyc listen in as i attempt to satisfy that curiosity i will be talking with amazing everyday people join the fun so now you know on thursdays at 5 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back, folks. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. For the first portion of the show, we had Zoomed out to Seattle, Washington to talk to Ted Poor, drummer extraordinaire. He released this album with my next guest on Impulse earlier in the year. And as they were planning their release shows and all that great fun, COVID hit and put a halt to everything. So now we're Zooming back to Brooklyn, New York to bring on the other half of this album. Before I introduce my guest, I once again want to once again share the message of the week because I'm not sure he heard it at the beginning. Again, an Aldous Huxley quote, after the silence, that which comes nearest to expressing the inexpressible is music. One of the best compliments I ever heard about this next guest, and it's like one of the highest you can ever have, was from another really well-known musician. He said, that guy's crazy but he's played the best sax solo I've ever heard in my life. With that, I would like to introduce Andrew D'Angelo to the show. Andrew, how are you? Uh, I'm not sure after that statement, but uh, who said <laughs> I was get, crazy? Can you, get, can you guess who said it? <laughs> I mean, it could have been Ted. I don't know. Or Wasn't Ted. Nope. Uh, Josh somebody, Roseman. Somebody closer to home. Uh, Chris B. Jim Black. <laughs> You almost got it. Kurt? Lightcap. <laughs> oh, Chris Lightcap. Lighty. All right, that's, Lighty. that's cool. That's totally cool. That's cool. <laughs> we, call him, we call him Lighty because he's really not that lighthearted. So he's a pretty serious dude. He's a pretty serious dude. But yeah. a good dude. But um, a good dude. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great, man. You got a great mic. You got a nice setup there, man. man. You look legit. That's like better than Joe Rogan. <laughs> Man, I started setting up last night, man, because I got this new rig and this new <laughs> thing going on. And then, uh, thank you. And then, like, as I was trying to watch your segment with Ted, I had this, like, explicit emergency with the big band record uh, oh. thing situation. And so I've actually been on the phone and texting people for the last hour. And I was like, I have to go, everybody. I have to do this go. interview with man, with Jeremiah. 
So uh, super famous show. I got to go, guys. <laughs> well, it's just funny that it all happened like right before I'm talking to you. It's just very That's interesting. That's how it goes. That's right. how it goes. It's interesting about that that Huxley quote, which I, I, I'm I sorry I missed the first half because, I, like I said, I've been No, it's busy. all good. It's all good. But uh, because I wished I – I knew what I knew now before Ted and I made that record. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. And I would have played differently. And uh, I uh, I don't know what Ted said about the record. So if I'm repeating stuff, you can just cut me off. But uh, I mean, spending two years making a record is an absolute pleasure. You don't often get that luxury of. Yeah. And what's his name from Spotify just said, you can't take three years to put out a new record. You have to put what, you know, right. Uh, and we don't have to start bashing Spotify, but I mean, there's something to be said for taking your time and like letting the music, you know, marinate or simmer, whatever analogy you want to use. And then you get this like product, you know, whatever you want to call it, like this sculpture. Uh, I've been sculpting a lot during uh, COVID. So that's my, my cool. new analogy. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was so neat. I, I mean, I can listen to that record and not cringe. I don't, I don't know if you ever listen to what your music, you know, and you're like, uh, yeah. And it's wish- interesting that you said that because, um, my second self produced album has taken 10 years and I'm still not done. So that's, it's cool. <laughs> right. That's, yeah, that's totally cool. <laughs> and like, yeah, often, I mean, it's funny when you record, right. You know, all the things that went wrong and it's hard to like hone in on the good, especially when, when it's a recording, you have this like digital stamp. It's like, it's out there like shit. I can't take that back. But like nope. how many people actually hear or what's really interesting. Cause I've talked to guys that recorded albums that I just adore. And, and they're like, Oh man, it was that one time where I fucked that thing up. And I was like, that one thing, like, I thought that was, I thought that was one of the highlights that, of the album. And they were like, yeah, no. he was like, I dropped, I dropped my fucking stick and like, <laughs> you know, like all this stuff you can't see. And I'm like, man, I've been trying to cop that beat for years. Like, you mean I just had to drop the stick the whole time? And I'm like, dude, this is fantastic. What was he doing? I don't understand. You know? So once I heard that, I was kind of like, okay, it really, it kind of doesn't matter. Because nobody's going to, you know, no no two sets of eyes see the same thing. No two sets of ears hear the same thing. Maybe one of my past instructors would listen and be like, you should have done more paradiddles, dude. But otherwise, like. Right. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, I, I there's a human feel record. I think it was Scatter and whatever record it was with human feel. And during the take, my headphones, I unplugged them by mistake. You know, they got. And so I couldn't hear anybody. But Chris Speed, because. Anyway, we were in together, you know, I could hear him, but so yeah. I was just kind of winging it. And like today, like I said, I don't remember the record. I don't remember the track, but I remember my headphones going out and I was wondering, should I stop the band? And the fuck if anybody's ever said, well, Andrew sounds like, well, Lighty calls me crazy, but that's a totally different thing. But um, I just, I know with the, with the, the, the duo record with Ted, it's like everything, it was so meticulous, right? If that would have happened with Ted, I think both of us would have stopped and said, let's go back and do it again. Because it, it was very, it was well thought out, but not um, overly intellectual. But, you know, there, there was a lot of detail put into that record. And so that's one I can put on. And if there is a quote unquote mistake, or I can't remember what you said happened. Oh, the somebody dropped a stick. It was intentional to leave it that way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Sure. Absolutely. Um, and 
I got to tell you, man, you know, I don't I don't know about you, but these days, I mean, there's so much music and there's so much saturation and people are recording a lot of stuff at home and people just aren't noticing stuff in general. You know, there's a lot there's a lot out there. I mean, a lot of people because they're stuck at home, like the volume has been pretty intense, I'd say, over the last six months where. You know, you were saying you and Ted took two years. I think people are like kicking stuff out overnight right now. Like right. production production level has not been the utmost importance. People are just like hitting volume. People, I think in a way people are just, part of it was a panic response. Same way people bought toilet paper and alcohol. <laughs> We're just like, I gotta right. play, I gotta record. I gotta, right. almost in a way, like I gotta prove that, that I'm still relevant, which I appreciate, I think was important. It seems like it's simmered down a little bit, but around May, I was like, if I have to hear another freaking home zoom recording, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that, that, I mean, I, I don't know, like, you know, the, the, the release date for the duo record being, it was the end of January, if I remember correctly. And, and then, you know, Corona Bona happened. Right. And, the reason I put up my big band record in July is I was talking to Bill McHenry, the tenor saxophonist on the record. He sounds brilliant. He's like, man, people need something to celebrate. And yeah. your the big band record is recorded well. It's it's mixed well. It's You can get it mastered. It's edited well. He goes, and just if people don't want to buy it, they'll listen on a streaming service. He goes, just put it out there, man. Yeah. Are, oh, you have the records in the background. I do. I just noticed I was too busy focusing <laughs> on my new setup. Well, I don't have honest. like, you know, Della doesn't look bad, but you got, you got like, like a nice setup. So I was like, let me, let me decorate a little bit. Are you, you're in Della right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, oh. I, if I do this at home, my kids are running through the room. It's just like a mess. Yeah, but that can be cool too. It can be cool. And I've done it, but like not today. <laughs> look, look what I did. <laughs> I, I learned, can you see my, my tea? Yeah, you got, you got a Moscow mule mug. But yeah, I got this great bug. But I, I learned this from you. Oh yeah, yeah, gotcha. So, so you know what's in there, right? No, what is in there? Well, it's wine. What's that? Oh, it's, it's wine. wine. <laughs> Do you I remember know, that? I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> early on in the early on in the quarantine, you're like, got a Zoom call? I have a little trick for you. Welcome to the juice box. And you like you put the tape, the tea thing on. Yeah, I do remember that. Pretty good, right? It's funny. I've been on a tea kick lately, so I thought it was I was like, what did I fooled you about tea? Got fooled you. You, you did. You, did. you fooled the, the teacher. <laughs> fooled the teacher. Good um, for you. Yeah, it's just uh, I don't know about you, but and not to get into politics, but like this whole thing with you know who and the Rona and then that the debates, and then I have a elderly neighbor that I take care of, and then yeah. I got this crazy news uh, about the Big Band record. I, I don't know. It's just it's just I haven't slept, so for me it's like midnight <laughs> at this point. Like um, drinking time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think a little wine's going to hurt me. No, but uh, uh, but it's. I, what were we talking about? So I you you mentioned this guy McHenry. Is this yeah, Bill name? McHenry. Yeah. So there's I have a really funny exchange with uh, with Lighty as well. We were we did a couple shows together. Like I don't know, this was probably like five years ago, and um, and in the text exchange, I was sending him some some you know some 
track names that we were going to do, you know, and, and just like have some fun with them. And, and he went to, I, I don't know if he was like voicing it into his text thing, his text app or typing it in, but it, he meant to say, I'm pretty familiar with most of those. And it came up, it just said, I'm pretty McHenry. What it adjusted to? So I don't know if if he like knows this guy and would text him. I was just like, that is so random. He's it was like I pretty McHenry know those tunes, and I was like, okay, pretty McHenry, that is your official name. (laughs) And like, if I see him driving down the street, I'll just like yell pretty McHenry out to him. So I'm curious if if he just like was also texting that guy's name so it showed up you know because like the the text the that the 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 voice automation thing kind of recognizes things you've said regularly or done regularly well first of all pretty lighty lighty and bill do know each other bill mchenry and but the other thing that's funny is bill has this thing bill mchenry just so we keep clear where like if we fuck up a text or it spell checks it we just leave it because we think it's kind of funny so that's like doubly like on Doubly. several levels, funny. That so hard. Lighty didn't spell check it or whatever the heck you want. Or he just sent it. it. Yeah, and it was it was it was almost like this proclamation. Like I, pretty McHenry, know those. <laughs> but I pretty I pretty McHenry that. can be. A, sorry, I have to do this. Go for it. Uh, oh God. Uh, yeah it's just uh we're almost done (laughs) no 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 no. it's not about this i could talk to you for hours this other thing is just uh yeah to 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 i you remember when i came by the shop the other day yeah and i was telling you what was going on and then you know for whatever reason i was like i should probably call my lawyer and just see what the what's cool and what's not cool to talk about (laughs) And she says, here's what's cool to talk about. Everybody who's listening to this, no matter when it is, get a fucking contract. Get a contract. And there are three types of contracts. There's contracts that you get that you agree to and are fine by you and you sign them. There's a contract where you don't ask for one and there you don't get one. So it's just a verbal contract, which may or may not hold up if something happens. Right. And is it weird with my one year off? It's like no. a habit from the studio. No, and, then, and then there's an abusive contract <laughs> that you sign, but don't know that it's abusive because you didn't read it. Yeah. And I've done all those. And I, I think without saying anything like specific, I just want people like somebody in my generation, you would think, well, that's just stupid. Like, why wouldn't a guy like going on 60 get a contract? Well, you know why? Because we're just super psyched, man. Somebody wants to put out our music or now they're making a film about me and we're in contract negotiations. Right. We're redlining and we're just making decisions. And so it's like I can't emphasize it enough. You don't want to be in my position at my age going through the things that I'm going through where all I like, I really just want to make music, record it, and and have people listen to it. That's really the bottom line over here. And it, uh, what are you looking at over there? Uh, I'm just getting prompts from uh, the producer. We got to take a break. Okay. <laughs> I got my laptop here, and it just. I'm going to look over too, just so I. There you go. Yeah. No. No, we are going to take a break. Hold that thought. We're going to be back in 60 seconds, and we'll pick right back up with that. All right. Stay got tuned, it. everybody. Peace. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 
business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. Once again, it's the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. We zoomed out to Seattle for the beginning of the show. Now we are back to Brooklyn, where we were ta- where we are currently still talking to very well-known saxophone artist, Andrew D'Angelo. He was just talking at the end of the last segment about getting a contract. And you made me think about owning and running a restaurant and all the different services and things that, that we have going on here. And it's like, you just always do. And in, and in music and in art, sometimes you don't. And uh, it can bite you in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. And it's funny because that first uh, advertising was for employment law. Yeah. I had and, Eric on this show recently. That, that it really it's so funny that you said that. And the first ad was him. And I was like, hmm. and he was talking about in particular um, during during this time, like really, you have to document everything because the situation with employees and and you know owners as well is uh, is really fragile because all the all the the laws and and all that stuff is being made up almost as as we as go, we Sorry, go along. Signing an invoice and passing a check off, little business stuff. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> um, and he was just like, document everything because that's what's going to hold up in light of a contract. And I was right. like, so what What would be your, you know, what would be the best way to do that? And he was like, email is the best way. Like if you have an email thread with said recipient, service provider, whatever it is, distributor, like if you have it in email, that's that's going to be your best ally. He was like, text is okay. It's not bad because it's still timestamp, but like courts really value 
the email thread. So that's that's something you can do. Yeah, uh, yeah. One thing my entertainment lawyer told me was he goes, "Don't forward me all of your emails in this from this situation." Yeah. He goes, screenshot them, and I'll let you know if I want to see like full threads. Yeah. But he goes, the courts are allowing emails at. It's not just Judge Judy, but like actually, <laughs> like federal courts are allowing yes. emails as documented proof of whatever contractual agreements. You know that kind of thing. I don't know about text. I know, like for Judge Judy, she'll look at a text, but I don't know if it's like just for TV or. No, no. He he said text is okay. Like if that's all you have, it hmm. it, it can definitely it can definitely make or break the situation, you know, because it is time stamped, um, and and that's what they're really looking for, like the the chronology, right, of events and, and information and when people became aware of whatever situation, um, so that it can help. Um, so those, those are both like good bits of advice. And then, and then on the creative front, like you, you were saying, you've like put out this entire album during, during, uh, you know, COVID and, and lockdown restrictions. What was, what was that like? Um, I mean, today aside, whatever's happening right now, just like actually getting the, getting everything together and uh, putting it, putting it out. It, it was, to be honest, even though it was a lot of work. Uh, what's a lot of work? Uh, we had to set up the Bandcamp page. Mm-hmm. And uh, the cool part was like, I was, my mastering engineer had tons of free time, right? Because he's like, I can't go in my studio. And I'm, I'll, he mastered my record for a really great price because he's like, I love this music. And then, nice. uh, boom, I put it on, I, I released it. And boom, within an hour, the Grammys contacted me and they said, we'd like to submit your recording for Grammy consideration, I was like, how the fuck does that happen? Like, you don't, you how don't did that just, happen. <laughs> no, I don't know because you don't just like put out a record and then somebody sends you a message. And I thought this has got to be a bot, right? Like, so yeah. I respond to this person and she gets back to me like with the real response, not like a, what do you call it? The like AI like automated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Hmm. And we go back and forth a little bit and she, told me she'd send somebody my way who's a member of the Academy and they contacted me and said, we're going to nominate you for category, you know, 38. And I was like, uh, what, what's like, I actually didn't ask what's that, but I was like, okay. <laughs> and thank you. Like, cool. <laughs> yeah. <Better> right. than 39. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, finally he sent me an email just on his own with the description, best large ensemble recording dash jazz. Uh, or maybe it's category 58. Anyway, some number. It was just fun. And uh, I don't know. It's like it was really hard mentally to put the record out because I had made it like back in 2011, not even like in 2011. And it was... So you're you're on the 10-year plan too. Good. Well, I didn't work (laughs) on it for 10 years there, sweetheart. Yeah. Well, no, I haven't either. I, I think the last time I did anything with this album was like, it was before we opened Della. It was like a solid like six years ago. And then, you know, we opened whatever, four businesses and I had another kid and it was just like, I, dude, yeah. you're, you're a busy motherfucker. And let me just tell you something that, and I'm only cussing because you cuss first. No, that's uh, fine. I, I always like to open it up. You know, I, right. I did one show like where I just came out of the gate and I was like, fuck shit ass balls. You know, just like but, but let's let's be clear to, to anybody listening to this in the future or now. I did not work on my record for 10 years. There yeah. was some serious. Get a contract, people. 
and make sure it's a contract that that's agreeable to both parties. I'll just leave it at that because it's like that's great. The the music, there was no question that the music was there, at least in my opinion. I mean, it's my record, it's my music. But I had just had two brain surgeries. I had right. been diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. Uh, everybody in the band was like, you know, got together and said, you know, don't worry about the money. We'll re record for you. Well, we want your music documented because I still could have died. I mean, I was still within the three year period yeah. of my death sentence, which actually at first was six to eight months. And then it said maybe a year and a half. And then they said maybe two years. And then I made the big band record and they said, all right, if you make it three years, we'll talk to you in 10 years. They were and like, you made a big band record. We'll give you more time. I, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, the, the, the record company said, uh, too bad Andrew didn't die because this record would be very valuable. Oh, so, that's, that's <laughs> there's a there's a little snippet of what I'm dealing with right here. Yeah. And uh people are can be I'm not being negative here. Well, let me be negative. People can be so gross and mean that it it's just it really well, we, blows my mind. Yeah, and we've seen that. And and the recent, you know, recent history has been like a mirror for the human race. We've seen we've seen good and we've seen bad, but um, we're going to have to wrap it up. But that that bit of advice, man, that was like banger. I just love it when someone gives like just that simple, just clear advice, like just get a contract. That's that's like really at the heart of the show where like everybody walks with something like a takeaway action. And you delivered that today. It was really awesome. Where can people find out more information about you, your record, so on? You got 30 seconds to, to spit it. Uh, I'm on Bandcamp as Andrew D'Angelo. You can also just Google Andrew DNA Orchestra, and my record should come up. Uh, it's Bandcamp Friday, man. Buy the it record. Is. Yeah. Is. All the money goes to the artist. Right. Uh, and, and we're donating all the, the profits to uh, charity. And so it's just one of those things where I think we should buy people's records. So, yeah, and help, sure. help support the artists. Absolutely. Anyway, thank you, Jeremiah. Awesome. I appreciate hey, you having me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We'll do it again. We'll do a full hour. Okay, cool. I love it. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Right, Have a great weekend. And like he said, get a contract, support the arts, but also yes. have some fun. All right. We'll check <laughs> in with you next week. Take care. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. Peace. Peace. Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. 
Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a curious person, always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? Then join me, Antonia, host of So Now You Know, Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Listen in as I attempt to satisfy that curiosity. I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So now you know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 